Let me say this while they're going away. Uh, I have a burden. You want to know my burden? Oh, I got one person wants to know my burden. I have a burden. You want to know my burden? My burden is biblical illiteracy. We're illiterate when it comes to the story of the Bible. And we need to change that. Amen? We need to get the message of the Bible, the story of redemption, down in our hearts, down in our children's hearts. And now here's the reality. A lot of us have little, little, little glimpses of Bible knowledge. You know, Noah, oh, Noah, I saw, yeah, I saw that. Oh, uh, uh, you know, I saw the movie, The Bible, or, you know, so you have little gl- glimpses and little things that, about the Bible, but we never had the Bible put together in story form. Beginning September 8th, everyone say September 8th. We're going to have a Sunday morning, you may call it Sunday school. We'll have classes for all ages, and we will all be going through what's called fast track. Genesis to Revelation, the quickest way to understand the Bible. Now, what this will do for you is get you the, a, a knowledge of the Bible and finding Jesus all the way through the Bible. In eight short Sunday morning sessions, video and small groups, you'll be able to get a firm grip on the story of the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. Now, how many of you think that would be a worthy investment? So I want to encourage you to begin. In fact, next week, we'll begin more and more talking about fast track. I'm going to ask you, it starts at nine o'clock. We'll, we'll throw in a donut and a cup of coffee to get you here. Again, we'll have, we'll have this same class in children's ministry format available, youth ministry format available, fast track. Everyone say fast track. So I want to encourage you to plug in and get involved with fast track and get a handle on the word of God and get the story of the Bible down in your heart like never before. And everybody said one more time, amen. Turn in your Bible with me to Ephesians chapter one. We're continuing today to talk about uh, the being blessed, learning to live beneath the banner of God's blessing. Before I jump in today, let me throw in one more little tidbit about next week. Next week, we're going to have a very interesting service. My friend, Mike Heron will be here. Mike Heron travels the world preaching he, he's three things in my mind. He's a preacher, he's a prophet, and he's a psalmist. And when you wrap all that together in one package, you've got, a, you've got some dynamo. But uh, above all that, he's the sweetest guy. He and his wife are the sweetest people, and they will be here ministering to us. And so I want to encourage you to be here in full force, bring your friends, bring your family, and let's let the ministry of Mike Heron uh, make a huge impact in, in our lives. He made a big difference in my life years and years ago, spoke a word into my heart that no one else knew, no one else understood what was going on inside me other than the Holy Spirit. And uh, God spoke through him and liberated me from some things that uh, had me kind of all mixed up and messed up in my thinking and just made a huge difference in my life. Everybody say, next Sunday, Mike Heron. It's going to be a great time. So I want to encourage you to be here. Bring your friends and family. Amen.
Turn to Ephesians chapter 1. We're continuing to talk about being blessed. Now, what we're talking about is learning to get back under and live our life beneath the banner of God's blessing in our life. God wants to bless us. Amen. And we're not talking about just in money and resources. Now, how many of you know that's a part of the blessing of God, but that's not the totality of the blessing of God? I've been around the world and I've seen some people who couldn't rub two nickels together, but they were living beneath the banner of God's blessing for their life. We thank God for all he gives us, but understand something today. God wants us to tap into the blessings that are, that are way beyond the things that money uh, can buy. There are things that money cannot buy. You look in Genesis chapter 1, you don't need to turn there. We find when, when humanity was created, God created Adam and Eve. What's the first thing he did with Adam and Eve? He blessed them. Tell your neighbor, he blessed them. He did. He said he blessed them and he gave them dominion over all the fishes of the sea and the birds of the air and all the animals. And he said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. You know what he was telling them? Just live the blessed life. Live a life of blessing and joy. Multiply, be fruitful. But what happened pretty quick? Sin entered the picture and moved humanity out from under the banner of God's blessing in their life. Now, from that day until now, God has been working and conspiring and, 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 and orchestrating uh, 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 throughout the universe his plan to get you and me back under the banner of his blessing in our life. How many of you want to live the blessed life? Amen. Now, the problem is because of sin, we're, we live under the curse. And if you were to read Genesis chapter 3, you would discover that Adam and Eve were cursed with a curse. And so they're living under the curse. Humanity's living under the curse. Now, the keynote verse we've been using is Deuteronomy 28. And you don't need to turn there either. We've been reading from that. But Deuteronomy 28 talks about if we hear and listen and obey the word of God intently, all these blessings will come upon you. And then he begins to outline the multifaceted, supernatural blessings of God that are made available to us. And yes, some of them have to do with tangible resources in our life. That's wonderful to, to, to know. But you know what? We've got to move back under the banner of God's blessing to be able to obtain and tap into the blessings of God for our life. And then if you read on through verse 14... You would talk, he talked about the curses. So understand something, we live under the curse. It's God's plan and his desire to bless us, amen? Do you believe that today? Look at your neighbor and say, God really does want to bless you. He really does. That's his nature. In fact, it's normal as a child of God to live beneath the banner of God's blessing. It's called our inheritance. As children of God, we are not to live the cursed life. We're to live a life of blessing beneath the banner of God's blessing for our life. And so that's where we're, we've been talking really now. This is number six, I believe. And I've got three or four more that just kind of keeps growing. We jumped into Ephesians chapter six, and I found six things Six major blessings in Ephesians chapter 6 that I want to show you in just a moment. But let's read them. Ephesians chapter 6, pardon me, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Here's what the Bible says. Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, catch this, who has blessed us. Everyone say, he has blessed us. Not, we hope he blesses us, 
but he has blessed us. And as we're learning from our series on Wednesday night, Radical, we're all rich. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, we're all rich. We're rich. We're blessed. But Paul says he's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And that's what we're talking about in these first 14 verses. There's what I discovered, at least what I've defined as six major blessings that God has blessed us with. I've already talked about two of them. The first one was the blessing of adoption. How many of you know if you're born again, you've been adopted into the family of God? All the adopted saints of God say hallelujah. And we learned about the blessing of adoption. And then last week we talked about the blessing of grace. In fact, we see in these verses, he talks about the riches to the praise of the glory of his grace. And he talks about the riches of his grace. We've been blessed with the grace of God, his unmerited favor in our life. Now today we're going to talk about the blessing of redemption. Everyone that's been redeemed say, I've been redeemed. And then next, well, not next week, but the week after that, we're going to talk about three more, uh, the next three Sundays, the blessing of revelation, the blessing of heaven. It's found here in these 14 verses and then the blessing of his spirit. And so that's what we're talking about all for the next few weeks. How many of you know God's blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ? And so let's talk today about the blessing of redemption. It's a powerful revelation that you and I can uh, uh, reach out and take a hold of and, and, and allow it to be made uh, real in our life. Verse 7 in chapter 1 of Ephesians 4 says, In him, that is Christ, we have redemption. And he goes on to say this, Through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. In him, that is Christ, catch this, we have redemption the forgiveness of sins through his blood. Somebody say, thank God for the blood of Jesus. We've been redeemed. I love what Peter said in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18. He said, you've not been redeemed with the blood of bulls and goats or with money or, or, or things like that, but you've been redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. The blood of Jesus redeemed you. And so today I want to share with you at least four powerful thoughts about the blessing of redemption. And I want you to embrace these in your heart and begin to live them out and begin to realize the revelation of redemption is so powerful in all of our life. The first one this morning is this. The blessing of redemption is the fact that redemption means that it's been paid in full. Somebody say paid in full. How many of you love it when something gets paid off? I love to get those things. I'll never forget the first car I ever paid off. And I got this, this thing from the mortgage company and it was the title and a letter and this big red stamp across it, uh, that, that note, it said, come on, come on. Some of you have never seen one of those yet, I, <laughs> evidently. How many of you dream about that one day? You're dreaming. Hey, amen. My wife heard one of her things. I just want, we have some rent properties. And she said, I just want one of them paid off. Amen. That's her. She just feels the need. I said, hang on about six years. And we'll, we'll have that mortgage. And it will say, paid in full. I think the more things we can, the, the better off we'll be. But when you think about redemption, 
Understand the very word redeem means this. I love this. The very word redeem means to be paid in full. It's the ransom that was paid in full. How many of you understand the thought of ransom? You've seen movies and things where people were held ransom for monies. In fact, in different parts of the world, it's easy to get kidnapped. You see, years ago, back in Adam and Eve's day, sin kidnapped humanity. And we've been in the need of redemption ever since. For someone to come along and stamp over, the, the, over our life. Come on, not yet. I'm going to try that again. We need, we've been in need for someone to come along and over our hearts stamp. That's what happened on Calvary's cross. God looked down and his plan began to realize and through his blood over our life, he stamped paid in full. The price was paid for you to be redeemed. And purchase back from the bondages of this life. Somebody say amen. There's power in the blood. We've been redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. In fact, the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And so there was a need for a sacrifice. And so we've been paid in full. It paid for our lives. And let me give you four thoughts about being uh, the, the redemption of God and being paid in full. Number one, we've been redeemed from the bondages of sin. Verse seven says that I read to you, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. Now, interesting thing about the, the blood of Jesus, pardon me, the blood of bulls and goats as opposed to the blood of Jesus. The blood that was shed on the altar of sacrifice in the Old Testament and even the, 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 if you remember the, the, the blood put on the doorpost in Passover, you remember that? And, and God said, if I see the blood, I'll pass over you. That blood covered. Jesus' blood washes. How many of you would rather be washed? Whoo, come on now. I said, how many of you would rather be washed? And that's the difference, and we'll see that. And it washed us. It didn't cover our sin. It washed us white as snow. We've been redeemed from the bondage of sin and its control in our life. You see, before you give your life to Christ, you are under the bondage of sin. In fact, Romans 6, in fact, Jesus said this, that sin, we are all a slave of sin. That's what humanity is. We're slaves of sin. But that's why the blood of Jesus was shed, so we could be redeemed from the bondages of sin. I love the old hymns. In fact, I don't know where Kelly is. I guess he thought I was joking last week. I said, Kelly, we got to sing, uh, there's power in the blood. Where are you, Kelly? Kelly, Kelly. Kelly, Kelly passed out. Whenever you see Kelly, Kelly, you got, you, you missed, there's power in the blood. He has no answer. Okay. All right. Next time I, next time you, I say, hey, next Sunday we're going to sing Power in the Blood. That means we're going to sing Power in the Blood. Well, I have another one. He doesn't have to sing this next Sunday, but I love nothing but the blood. This old hymn. Hey, what can, and you answer the question. There are a bunch of question marks. What can wash away my sin? Ooh, y'all been in church before. What can make me whole again? 
Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. For my pardon, this I see. Y'all are losing it. Here we go. For my cleansing, this I plead. Let me get down to verse five. Now by this I'll overcome. Now by this I'll reach my home. Oh, precious is the flow. That, no, 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 no. This is the refrain. I don't know what a refrain is. It's the chorus. Oh, precious is the flow. That makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. We've been redeemed from the bondage of sin in our life. In fact, Titus said this. It says, he gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. John said this in 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. He said he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sin. It's a big word, but it means the atonement, the payment that was necessary. And payment was necessary. He paid the price for us. And we don't have to be under the bondage of sin any longer. In fact, I love uh, Romans 6. There's a lot of great verses there. The Living Bible says this. And sin shall not reign in your puny body any longer. Sin will not be in charge. We've been released. And, and see, when once we get this revelation, it ought to change the way we live our life. When we've been blessed with the blessing of redemption, that we no longer have to serve sin. Amen. And for the Christian, when you do sin, it's not because you have to. It's just because you still got a little want to on the inside. And God's wanting to crucify the want to. Where all we want to do is be a blessing to God. Somebody say, I've been redeemed. It's been paid in full. We've been redeemed from the bondage of sin. And number two, we've been redeemed from the bondage of Satan's service. Now, understand this. We were under the control and the governance of the devil. Somebody said, well, not me. I'm just my own boss. Well, you're just a little deceived because we've all been under the spell of the kingdom of darkness. And in fact, the Bible says in Ephesians, we're by nature children of wrath. But look what the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. It says this, Inasmuch then as children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same that through death he might destroy him who has the power of death, that is the devil. Did you like that? And release those, and I catch this, here comes the liberty, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. You see, we were under bond, the bondage of Satan's service. We were under his governance and control. But the Bible tells us very clearly that because of his death, because of the shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, he no longer has authority over our life. But if we wanted to dig a little deeper now, the table has been turned. And because of the blood of Jesus, because of the fact that we belong to him, because of the fact that we've been redeemed, we now have authority over him. And the reason he's still around is not to torment us. It's so we can torment him. 
You see, he's rubbed my nose in it way too long. I think it's time to turn the tide and realize we have authority over the devil. And because we've been redeemed, we just rub his nose in it. Could I get a better amen? Oh, my goodness. We've been redeemed from the bondage of sin. We've been redeemed from Satan's service. Number three, I love this. We've been redeemed from the bondage of separation. You see, we were separated from God. What happened to Adam and Eve? They were separated and moved out of the Garden of Eden and moved out from under the, the, uh, the banner of God's blessing. And what does the Bible teach us? That sin does what? It separates us from God and we were in bondage to, uh, to a separation from God. But the blood of Jesus, the Bible says, brought us back into fellowship with him. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, it says he reconciled us to himself. You know what reconciled means? Brought back into right relationship with one another. We reconciled. And through his blood, we, the, the bondage of separation was broken. In fact, I love what Hebrews ten nineteen says. One of my favorite passages, it says this. Therefore, brethren, how many brethren do we have? That's, that doesn't mean men, that means all, everybody. Therefore, brethren, I love this. Because of what? He goes on to say, therefore, brethren, because, having boldness to enter into the holiest. That is the presence of God. How do we enter the holiest? By the blood. Because of the blood. Somebody say, because of the blood. Because of the blood, we can come right into the presence of God. No longer am I separated from God. No longer has sin separated me. But because of the blood, paying for my price, redeeming me, delivering, it's been paid in full. Now I can come boldly before the throne room of grace that I might obtain mercy and find grace to help me in time of need. I can walk with him. I can talk with him. Thank God for the blood of Jesus. Whoo, Hallelujah. I've been redeemed from the bondage of sin, from the bondage of Satan's service, from the bondage of separation from God. And number four, I've been redeemed. Oh, it's been paid in full. And now I've been redeemed from the bondage of insufficiency. What do you mean? Well, did you know this? In fact, turn over to Galatians. Turn to Galatians. Yeah, I'm going the wrong way. Galatians chapter three. Did you know that the, the God's plan all along was to redeem us. And the Old Testament law, the Bible says it was kind of a babysitter until his plan began to unfold. It was, a, it was kind of an overseer. But basically the law was there to show us our insufficiency. That we could not obey all the rules. Because our nature is one of rebellion against authority. But look what the Bible says in Galatians chapter 3, verse 10 says this, for as many as are the works of the law are under, for, pardon me, for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. Now follow me, for it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. In other words, if you don't obey all the rules, you're what? You're cursed. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by what? Faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Now catch verse 13. 
Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. See, that's the blessed life. The blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles. That's you and me. Amen. Everybody say, that's me. And how did it happen in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith? Now, everyone say the curse of the law. He's redeemed us from the curse of the law. And without getting too deep, without getting too broad and being too tedious here today, the curse of the law is this, that there's no way we could keep it. We had a command, humanity had a command to keep the law, but we can't keep the law. In fact, those that said they kept the law, uh, they were really just twisting the law and, and because it's impossible to keep the law. Have you ever read all those laws? And you look down and you wonder, why on earth did God do all that? It just seems confusing. It's better to say, don't do anything. Sit in your house and don't. The reason all of the tedium of the law was there was to show us our insufficiency. That no matter how hard we try, you can't be righteous. But the blood of Jesus redeemed me from that. And today, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not by works of righteousness, which I've done, but it's according to his mercy. He saved me by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm not bound to trying to obey a bunch of rules. I just follow him and he teaches me how to be more like him. Amen. Somebody say amen. Everybody say it with me. Come on. Here we go. It's been. Come on. Try again. Listen to me. It's been paid in full. Our redemption, the very word redeem to me means paid in full. The ransom has been paid in full. Number two. Man, that would have worked for a whole Sunday service right there. Maybe I should stretch it out a little further. But I got a couple of minutes. Let me give you a couple more. Our redemption has not only been paid in full, but number two, our redemption is providential. Meaning this, you know, to be providential means divine foresight and intervention. Did you know it was God's plan all along to redeem us? He knew Adam and Eve couldn't obey all the rules. He only gave them one rule, don't eat of that fruit. And he knew because of their nature, they couldn't help it. They're going to disobey and they disobeyed and it moved them out from under the banner of God's blessing for their life. And, and they lived under the curse. But understand something, from that day until now, God's plan began to unfold and his plan began to be realized. In fact, this Old Testament is filled with types and shadows of the redeeming power and the message of the gospel. In fact, when we go through fast track in a few weeks we're going to see the redemption of God all throughout the Bible all the way through to the end where Jesus Christ stands up King of Kings and Lord of Lords Amen the first bloodshed sacrifice was for Adam and Eve what happened as soon as they sinned they realized they were what in East Texas, you say naked. If you're from New York, you may say naked or something. I don't know, but they were naked. They were sinful. You know what God did? He killed an animal 
and took the skin and covered them. He shed blood to cover their sinfulness. And from that day all the way through until Jesus, who the Bible says was the final sacrifice, he took care of it all, amen? But it was the providence of God. It was his plan all along. And the Passover lamb was a picture and a type and a shadow of Jesus Christ. And little, even little Abraham, when he's about to sacrifice his own son, it's a picture and a type of Christ. And then there comes the, the atoning uh, ram stuck in a bush. And God provided a sacrifice. And it was all a picture and all the plan of God to bring you and me to the place where we can experience the redeeming power of Christ through his shed blood. Amen. In fact, when we took communion today, we remembered his plan and how it unfolded for our benefit. It was providential. Number three, our redemption, it's perpetual. In other words, it keeps on going and going. And as we talked about grace last week, it's the gift that just keeps on giving and giving. We've been redeemed. Now, you got to see this. I want you to turn there to Hebrews. And if you don't have a Bible, hey, we can get you a Bible. I want you to see this in Hebrews, uh, let's see, verse chapter 9. There's a lot here in Hebrews about how this types and shadows have been uncovered for us. Catch verse 11 and 12. you got to see this. But Christ came as a high priest of the good things to come with a greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is not of this creation nor with the blood of goats and calves but with his own blood. He entered the most holy place once for all. Everyone say once for all. He only had to pay once and it was for who? That means you and me. He says, once for all, now catch this phrase now, this ought, to, this ought to set you free, having obtained eternal redemption. You see, the blood of goats and bulls did not obtain eternal redemption. They had to keep over and over and over offering up these temporary sacrifices just to kind of hold on until the providential uh, purpose of God was realized. But once Jesus Christ was crucified on Calvary's cross, listen, my friend, that was enough. Once and for all, the final sacrifice, and it obtained eternal redemption. It's perpetual. Whew, thank you, Jesus. You know what Romans 8 in the 30s says there? Who can separate me from the love of Christ? Paul understood this is, this is perpetual. It doesn't matter what you throw at me. It doesn't matter what you say to me. It doesn't matter what I go through. Nothing. Listen, nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. Why? Because of the redeeming power. I belong to him. Amen. I've been redeemed. I've been paid for. He doesn't turn me back in and get his money back. It's forever and ever and ever. I've been redeemed all the way into eternity. I can't wait till I get to talk about heaven. I haven't preached on heaven. I can't remember when I preached on heaven. But in a few Sundays, I'm going to talk about the blessing of heaven. I'm on my way to heaven from Beaumont, Texas. I'm not going to hell. 
fact, did you know heaven wasn't made for everybody? It was, it was only made for special people. And I'm special. The reason I'm special is because I've been redeemed. And I chose to live under the banner of God's blessing. I've been redeemed. He paid for me and I chose to go to heaven. See, I'm already preaching on heaven. Thank God it's perpetual. His redemption is providential. His redemption is perpetual. And oh, I love this one. His redemption is powerful. Powerful. I mentioned it a few moments ago, but Revelation chapter 12, verse 11 You can write it down, look it up later. And it's a prophetic insight to the church in in her finest hour. And they overcame him, that is the devil, by the blood of the lamb. And by the, now there's three ingredients here. And we're going to have to embrace them all, but thank God it began with the blood of the lamb. You see, there's no victory over the powers of darkness without the blood of Jesus. But because of the blood of Jesus, we now have authority over him. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and then by the word of their testimony. And then number three, they love not their lives unto death. What a powerful combination. The power that's in the blood, the testimony of the saint. And the sacrifice of our own lives where we don't love ourselves, even under the point of death, we'll lay our lives on the altar of sacrifice for God's eternal purposes to be realized. The redemption of God. Number one, we've been stamped. Number two, we've, it's been God's providence all along, his plan to redeem you. Let me just say today, if you've never really walked with Christ, he planned years before you were a twinkle in your daddy's eye to be able for you to be able to be stamped, ransom paid in full. Sin does not have to control your life. Jesus can be in charge. See this little simple representation here is a representation of the throne of God letting Jesus take his place as the rightful owner and ruler of your life. You can experience paid in full. You can experience the providence and the plan of God being realized in your life. You can experience the reality that his redemption is perpetual. Take you right into eternity with Christ. You can be able to say, I'm on my way to heaven from Beaumont, Texas. And finally, the redemption of God is powerful. You can begin to find victory over the powers of darkness that have controlled you, that have tormented you, that have addicted you, that have imprisoned you and set up residence in your life and put a hook in your head and in your thoughts, cause you to feel like you're a nobody. The blood of Jesus takes care of it all. Years ago, Beverly and I had the joy of being in a, a, a resort in Mexico, I think. And it had these two words in all of the promotional, all-inclusive. Now, if you've never experienced the joy of all-inclusive, 
you have not lived life. It doesn't matter. We go, go to, to supper, lobster tail. I want another. Oh, how much does it cost? It doesn't cost anything because it's exclusive. I want a cup of special coffee. Well, how much? Sorry. It doesn't cost you anything. It's all inclusive. I could get used to that. You know what the blood of Jesus is? He paid for it all. It's all inclusive. Red and yellow, black and white. Big, little, old and young. Smart, simple. He paid for it all. He paid for you. And as my Baptist preacher told me years ago when I was a little boy, and it pricked my heart, if you were the only one, he would have paid for you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed on him should not perish but have everlasting life. I've been adopted. I've been graced by God. I've been redeemed. Thank you, Jesus. Let's stand together. Father, today we thank you for the blood of Jesus that washes us white as snow. That it doesn't cover, but Lord, it cleanses. The blood of Jesus doesn't cover, but cleanses. Lord, we thank you for the cleansing power of the blood. We thank you for the cleansing flow of the blood. We thank you, Lord God, that it's perpetual. I want you to know today, if you're born again, you need to celebrate the fact that you've been eternally redeemed. That his plan unfolded in your life. His will is being realized in your life. And the power over sin, Satan, has been broken off of you. By the blood of Jesus. It's been stamped, paid in full over your life. We thank you for that, Lord. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a moment, if you're here today and you've never allowed Jesus Christ to be the Lord and the leader of your life, you've never experienced what it means to be redeemed. Today you can experience the blessing of redemption by just yielding your life to Him and confessing Him as the Lord and the leader of your life. Now let me say this. This is part of the message of redemption. You don't clean up before you come up. That's what the blood of Jesus does. You confess and come to Him and he'll clean you up. You don't clean the fish before you catch it. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, if you've never experienced the blessing of redemption as I've discussed and talked with you about this morning, and today, you want to experience the blessing of being redeemed. 
He's already blessed us. Everything, the price has already been paid. All you and I have to do is just believe and yield our lives to his control. So if you're here today and you can say, Pastor, that's me. You got me. I, I want to know that I belong to him. That the sin problem has been paid in full over my life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if that's you, lift your hand quickly and boldly to God and say, that's me. I want to know for sure that I've been redeemed. I don't want to wait any longer. I don't want to miss another moment. I don't want to go another day without knowing that I belong to him and he is mine and I am his. Anyone here before we go? Just say, I just don't know. There's a question mark over the doorpost of my life about my eternal security. I don't know if I'll go to heaven when I die. And I want to know him. And I want to experience the power of redemption. Anyone here? I want to tarry just a moment. In fact, I feel so strongly here today that there's someone here that I just described you. You have a big question mark over the eternity of your life. I feel so strongly today that at the close of this service, you're in a, you're in a quandary here in this moment and you're a little fearful of, of maybe what I might ask you to do. But let me tell you something. God's standing on the door. He's knocking on the door of your heart. The Bible says if anyone opens the door, he said, I'll come into him and he with me. And I hear God knocking on somebody's door today. It's time to break. Listen, it's time to break out of this slavery of sin nature and begin to move into the sanctified life of loving God and being his child and being redeemed by the power of God. In fact, I want our prayer team to come and take a uh, stand across here. Come on, prayer team. We're about to close. But if I just described you, listen, when we say amen and so be it, I don't want, don't go that way. If, if you want to remain under the slavery of sin, just go out those doors and forget what I said. But if today you want to make the break, you want to say, today I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I want to know the power of being redeemed by the blood of Jesus. He did it for one. He did it for all. Once for all. Somebody say once for all. He died once for the sins of all the world. That means you. That means me. So when we say our amens, God bless you, don't go that way. Come this way. And all you have to do is look one of these prayer team in the eye and say this, I need to know for certain that I've been redeemed, that I belong to God. They'll lead you through it and pray you through. Amen. And finally here today, if you're searching for a church home, I encourage you to plug into Church on the Rock North. You see, you can wander and you can taste around and you can, you can visit here and visit there. But at some point, you've got to say, this is where God planted me. And if that's you today, you as well come this way and just say, I believe God is adding me to Church on the Rock North. This is my family. This is my home. And I want you to go this way and not that way. Amen. Hey, what a great day. Everybody say, I've been redeemed. So today, as we close, I'm going to pray for you. And I'm, I wanted to say one more thing. And I know it's just a tear after, tad afternoon. Our response to the fact that we've been redeemed. Jesus said this, the gospel of redemption and remission has to be preached in all the nations of the world. Our response for being redeemed, for being reconciled to God, 2 Corinthians 5 is, he's given us the ministry of reconciliation. 
So now as the redeemed, we have a responsibility to proclaim the power of the redeemed. Amen. So go forth this week and proclaim the victory of God. And the re- hey, share this message with your family and friends. Tell them, hey, God redeemed us. He paid for our sin. Amen. Well, I love you all. Thank you so much. As you go today, I want to encourage you again. If you need to know for sure you belong to him, come this way. If you believe God's adding you to the church, come this way. And finally, as you leave today, if you want to be a blessing, and I hope you do, to Vacation Bible School. Uh, We have ushers standing at the doors, and they're going to have the little bag, and there's no pressure. But if you want to invest in kids this week, uh, I encourage you to sow a significant gift into our offering towards our Vacation Bible School. You're making a big difference in people's lives. Amen. God bless you today. Uh, Hey, go out celebrating the redemption and the redeeming power of Christ in your life. Love somebody. Be back tonight with your kids and your friends' kids and your friends' kids' kids. And let's fill this house full of hungry kids who are are ready to let God make a difference in their life. Amen. We're going to count to three and we're going to shout, I've been redeemed. Here we go. One, two, three. I've been redeemed. God bless you. We'll see you tonight right here at Vacation Bible School. Amen.